I want to start a new series today. I'm really excited about this. You know, the Lord has spoken to me several months ago about how that he wants to eradicate sickness and disease from our church. And it, has, it should have no place in a Christian's life. And we thank God for the medical profession. We thank God for that. Thank God for doctors and surgeons. But we need to go beyond that because the spiritual root of all sickness and disease is satanic. We know this because sickness and disease was never on the scene until Adam and Eve fell. So we know that there is a spiritual root to all sickness and disease. Oh, we know some things in the natural that can cause some things. But we know that beyond that, there's a root. And that if we as believers, see, if we can learn how to lay hold of our healing, not only will we be able to walk in health and strength and live out all of our days on the earth, right? But we'll be able to be an example of, of God's will. You know, we do all this debating on whether God's will to heal all or not. You know, just hide and watch. I mean, the, there's nothing to debate. The Bible's real clear. God sent Jesus to redeem you just as much from spiritual death as he did healing, as he did your provision, your prosperity. It's all, even the very word salvation means healing. It means prosperity. It means peace. It means wholeness, right? The curse of the law came as a result of sin, and this is where it all started, and Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we're going to start a series today about how to receive your healing, and we're going to talk about some things. It's the easiest thing in the world. People are struggling with it because the enemy is, is fooling them in some areas. So, so we want to talk about some of these things. It'll bring some clarity to your life. God wants you to lay hold of your healing. Are we going to age in this earth? Are our bodies going to age? Absolutely. But we don't have to be weak. We don't have to have joint problems and arthritis and get cancer and, right, and have all of these things. That's not God's will. Now, you might not be able, like me, I mean, I could dunk a basketball, but I got to lower that rim a lot, <laughs> right? I won't have the vertical jump I used to have when I was a younger man, but I am to walk strong and healthy and pain-free. And so when I look at my body, I'm not going to let symptoms live in my body, right? If there, you might, some people might be sitting here and doctors might have told you, listen, or surgeon told you there's nothing that can be done. This is just, there's no cure for what you have. I, I, they're, they're telling the truth based on what they know, right? But there is something beyond. No, there is a cure, and it's Jesus. So let's look at a couple things. Hallelujah. Before we get in the notes, go to Psalm 103. Hallelujah. The book of Psalms in the Old Testament. And, you know, we're just going to take our time. We're going to go through this. I'm confident you'll come back. Praise God. You might even bring some people with you, right? I'm believing that there's going to be some great things happening. Miracles, healings. Psalm 103, verse 1. 
It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So now, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, this is, this is written by David, but it was breathed by God. What are his benefits? Who forgiveth all. Notice it doesn't say some. It says all thine iniquities. Who healeth all. Notice it doesn't say some, does it? Thy diseases. Now this, this word disease is the Hebrew word rapha. It's used 67 times in the Old Testament, and in every case it always means physical healing. The healing of your body. Isn't that good news? Just as he's forgiven all of your iniquities, on the cross, every one of our sins, according to Romans, every one of them were condemned. This Greek word means it's a once and all once and all condemnation, it can never be brought up again. All of our sin was condemned in the physical body of Jesus on the cross. The Bible talks about that all sickness and all disease, he bore all of our sickness and all of our disease on the cross as well. Do you know, even in Isaiah 53 and other scriptures that we might look at today, as the Lord leads us, it, it even talks about the chastisement of our peace was upon him. What, is, what does that mean, peace? Well, you got to dig a little bit because you know what that Hebrew word peace in Isaiah 53 means? Oh my goodness, it means prosperity. Isn't that amazing? The penalty of poverty and lack was put on him so that we, the Bible says it this way in the New Testament, he was made poor so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. He redeemed us from sickness and disease. These are his benefits. It says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. In the literal Hebrew, it would mean the one who is constantly redeeming your life from destruction, and it lists it, and decay. It's, it's literally the equivalent of a present participle, this whole passage here. It's what God not only has done, is doing, when will never stop doing. Isn't that awesome? He heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction, and he crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Wow. It says here, What's a big part of how God does all this? He satisfies your mouth with good things. See, you're going to find that how you grab hold and take possession of what God's already given you is you have to make a decision to choose to believe his word. And then that decision, see, faith, it can't be dead faith that just believes something. Living faith that receives, not only believes, but acts on. Right? There's a lot of people today that think 
that I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus. Well, that's demon faith. The demons believe in Jesus and they tremble. Why? They're not saved. Why? Because they will never act on that belief. And so many today are not acting on that belief. So this is what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit, he'll satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. So how does God do this? If you just go a little bit to the right, go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107 in verse 20. How God brings, what is the, I guess you could say it like this, the agency of how God heals is right here. In Psalm 107.20, it says, He, talking about God the Father, sent His Word, who is Jesus, right? John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, right? Even as the glory of the very Son of God, full of grace, full of truth. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Wow. Not only did he heal your body, he sent his word to heal you. Have you ever done anything stupid that caused destruction in your life? He even sent his word and healed, healed you and then delivered you from your destructions. I am so glad he healed me from my, from my diseases. I'm so glad he right, delivered me from my destructions. That's God. This is who he is. I love that. So let's keep going with this. Let's go over to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 53, it's amazing. There's a few things that every sound theologian, now there's some really ridiculous theologians, but we don't even, you know, those are Star Trek theologians, you know. They're boldly going where no person has ever gone before. But every sound theologian, this is kind of amazing, will agree that this is a re great redemptive chapter. And in Isaiah 53, let's start in verse 1. It says, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, the arm of the Lord, that every time you see the phrase arm of the Lord, that is literally symbolic of the manifest presence and power of God. Who is going to experience the manifest presence and power of God? Only those who believe the report. So what is the report? It's the word of God. It says here, verse 2, for he shall grow up before him. He is Jesus, shall grow up before him, God his Father, as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness, you know, if you were to look at Jesus when he lived on this earth, you know, he wasn't this really handsome-looking Swedish guy, right? As a matter of fact, there's nothing about his physical, physical appearance that would cause you to be drawn to him, is what this is saying. 
And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. See, his, his looks never drew. It's really interesting right now in the church with pastors. A lot of older pastors are thinking that they're not going to be able to be effective because they, they can't compete with these young guys with a six-pack and, and they're all, you know? But, but what... Can I say six-pack in church? That's your abs where you could see them, you know? The ladies really like that. I have a six-pack. It's just insulated, okay? What are you guys laughing at? But, but see, we minister under the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Now, I know all you guys think you have a really good-looking pastor. That's okay. Denial is more, than a, is more than a river in Egypt, right? I better get back to the word here. Wow, somebody saved me, right? Yeah, yeah, Teresa's going, wow, pastor. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He asks no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire of him. It's talking about Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men. That was on the earth, right? a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Now look at this. Surely. This, this is a strong word in the Hebrew language. There's no gray area. This is like, guys, you have to know this about Jesus. He bore our griefs. Okay. Now this is a really interesting word, griefs. It's, it's the Hebrew word koli. Everywhere in the Old Testament that this Hebrew word koli is used, every time it means physical sickness. So the tra this is what I love about the King James Version, because you can see when a translator, see a translation, any translation is only as good as the, the translator's knowledge of the language and what they think about God. And you could see that in the King James Version when, when it would tilt some of these translators. So he's like, man, I can't say surely bore our sickness because that means, you know, but that's what that Hebrew word koli means. And, it, and carried our sorrows. Do you know, it's not, see, sorrows. That is the Hebrew word makab. Every time macab is spoken of and used in the Old Testament, it means pain. So if you want to read this literally, surely he's borne our sicknesses and carried our pain. When did he do that? In the tree. The cross, right? See, when he went to the cross, Pilate's talking to him and he's not saying a word. He, the Bible says he could have called legions of angels and they could have taken him to heaven anytime he wanted, but he didn't do that. He was like a sheep led to the slaughter. He didn't talk. But then you see Paul. Later on, after the resurrection, the apostle Paul is taken in by the Romans and he's stripped of his clothes and he's wrapped around their post 
where they're now going to beat him. And, and, and people would die of the beating. It was so bad many times, but it was, it was ferocious. You know, they would have, the, the whip would have in it lead balls. It would take it and wrapped it with a hole in it in the leather, and then it would have pieces of bone and glass, and they would hit you and then rip, you know. Well, when Paul's about to be beaten one of these times, he looks at this Roman soldier and he goes, is it lawful for you to scourge me as a Roman citizen, as a citizen of Rome? And all of a sudden, this soldier that's just like ready to beat him goes, what? Because he knows if you beat a Roman citizen without a trial, you're probably going to be put to death. So he's like, all of a sudden, it's not Paul anymore. It's, oh, hey, well, Mr. Paul, can you excuse me for a second? And he goes to his superior officer and he says this. He's like, listen, this guy's saying he's a Roman citizen. So now the officer's coming out with a glass of water, and I'm kind of adding this stuff, you know, and, 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 you know and, and he's talking to Paul, and are, you know, unhook him and whatever, and, 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 and Mr. Paul, um, were, you, were you born a Roman citizen, or did you buy your citizenship? You know, how were you a Roman citizen? And Paul looked at him and said, I was free born. Born free. And the minute he said this, what he was saying is, I was born a Roman citizen. They immediately, they probably took his clothes to the, you know, the dry cleaners and made, you know, who knows, right? right? If they tore him up, they bought him a new set and they sent him on his way and said, listen, can, can we make sure that you don't say, tell anybody about this? He was released because he spoke. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a child of God and you're an heir to this. Jesus didn't speak. He bore your sickness and he carried your pain so that you do not have to. Satan does not want you to know this. Faith never denies a circumstance. We don't deny a diagnosis. If you have a tumor in your body, if you can't walk, if a joint doesn't work right, if your blood levels are off, we don't deny that. We deny it's right to be in our body. And we use the word of God so that the healing power of God will drive it out of our body and heal and restore it. Why? Because it's already paid for. Just as much as Jesus paid so that your sin is paid for. The result, sin is just a result of spiritual death. Sickness and disease is a result of spiritual death. Our bodies are not redeemed yet. When you got saved, you were brand new on the inside. Your spirit man is brand new. When you see Jesus, when we leave this earth, Right? He's going to come back. And when he comes back in the rapture of the church, if you're on this earth, our bodies are going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But if you've been in the grave, no matter how that looks, no matter how you know, your body went back to dirt, if they spread your ashes over the ocean, wherever that went, doesn't matter. God's going to bring your body back, put his glory over it. You're going to have a glorified body. You're not going to look old. You're going to look like you did when you were younger. 
Why? Because aging is a result of the curse. And now your new body will not be subject to pain or sickness or disease, but God made provision in redemption that you can live in this earth without sickness and disease. Now, if you have sickness and disease in your body, listen, don't sit here and go, well, I'm a second-rate Christian because I've allowed... No, no, no. We come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't have to stay this way. We have... But you, but you got to believe his report. This is huge. It, it, I, I love this. He bore your sickness and he carried your pain. Now, there are theologians that will tell you, well, that's talking about spiritual healing. And, and here's the thing about spiritual healing. Your spirit does not need to be healed. Your spirit was made brand new. So, but there's commentaries on it, but there's one commentary that I love. And that commentary is of the Holy Spirit. Do you know he talked about, in the New Testament, he talked about this scripture right here. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, because he's talking about it. I'll find the verse here in a second. Verse 16. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. You guys doing good? What I want to encourage you we're, I'm always looking down on the inside of me uh, while we do this series. And what we're doing is we're putting the word in you. I want to encourage you. You leave this place and, and you, if scriptures are jumping out at you, you start feeding on them and meditating on them. The Lord will have times when we have healing lines and we lay hands on people. We're going to see people get healed set free, delivered, it's going to be wonderful. Now, you don't have to wait for that. Uh, you know, in the New Testament, you just believe you receive. But feed on the Word. Get your faith built up so that you can receive the Word of God. So let's look at this. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. And when evening was come, even, it means evening, was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Boy, but that was fun. Talk about chaos and everything, right? And it says he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all. Notice it didn't, he didn't heal some. He healed all that were sick. Wow. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by Isaiah the prophet. Well, pastor, that's Isaiah. That's not Isaiah. Well... See, my name is Tony, T-O-N-Y, but if you wanted to spell my name in German, it would be T-O-N-I. If you want to spell Isaiah in Greek, it's Isaiah. So it's Isaiah is what it, who's he talking about. He's literally referencing Isaiah 53, verse what? Four, isn't he? So it says here, it says that it might be fulfilled, and I love this, because you get this word fulfilled, it's in the continual present tense. You could easily read this so that from this time on, it shall be fulfilled. Or you could read it like this. It was fulfilled, it is fulfilled, and it will always be fulfilled. So it's for us today. Which was spoken by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself 
took our infirmities, sickness, disease, weakness. This Greek word means feebleness. There's, There's other words infirmity that means inability to produce results, but this one means sickness, disease, feebleness, weakness. Have you ever had weakness, feebleness? And he bore our sicknesses. Isn't that good news? So now if you go back, let, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 24. Here's another reference. He's referencing Matthew. He's referencing Isaiah 53. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I could give you hundreds. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That's the cross. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye, now look at, it's looking back to Isaiah, so it says ye or you were, were what? Healed. I love, I really love that word healed in the Greek. This particular word literally can be translated, you were made whole. Wow. You see things like the woman with the issue of blood. Woman, your faith has made you whole. God wants you healed. So now, I just want to go, before we go into our notes a little bit, and I know we're not going to get very far in the notes, but uh, Mark, stop laughing. So Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I mean, we could stay here several more hours, but you guys will come back next Sunday, won't you? Praise God, I believe you will. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them, which is talking about God's words, not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those that find them and health to, and and this word health, it's real interesting. It literally means medicine to all their flesh. Isn't that awesome? So the word of God, see, doesn't that kind of sound a lot like Psalm 10720? He sent his word and healed them. There's healing in the word of God. Boy, be encouraged today. Hallelujah. Well, I've got 16 pages of notes, so I should get into these a little bit. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. We just want to lay a foundation. We're talking about how to receive your healing. You have to know it's God's will. And then you got to renew your mind to it, right? And then you can believe it because the word of God, as you meditate in it, now you'll see it. And faith comes when you hear it. And now when you hear the word of God in your heart and you choose to believe it, now you can speak it out of your mouth and the healing power of God will come out of your spirit And it'll go right to the core of that physical condition that you have, no matter what it is. And now 
it'll work its way out and bring healing and wholeness to your, to your physical body. This is very important that we learn this. And this is not a big popular subject in the church. But I've got inside information. It's going to be. It's going to be very big. To be honest with you, it's going to be so big, we're going to have to believe God for a lot of money because there's going to be so many people getting healed and saved in the churches around here. We're going to have to beat the Baptists who are doing healing seminars, beat them to Ralston Arena so that we could rent it before them. Who knows? We might even have to work with them. I have a feeling all these churches, we're going to have to work together. Hey, Pastor Tony, I had 8,000 people saved. Can you help me? Brother, I would love to, but man, I had, I had 3,000 people saved. See, they think they built all these stadiums and buildings for concerts and all this stuff. No, 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 no. They built them for church, for the church. There's going to be worship nights and healing meetings and revivals. You'll see the Century Link Center probably with some 10-year-old who got anointed, and he'll preach and lay hands on the sick and just multitudes will get healed. We're, gonna, we're living in this day. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 also. So see, he appointed when he was on his, in his earthly ministry, before going to the cross, he appointed 12. He sent them out. He gave them delegated authority to do what? To preach the kingdom of God, to cast out demons, and to heal the sick. Now he's, he's sending 70 out. And he says this, he sent them two by two. It's amazing how God never calls you to do anything for yourself or by yourself. Two by two before his face in every city and place where he himself would come. It's really interesting. Billy Graham did this in his ministry his whole life. Charles Finney did this. He would send teams ahead of him before he would come. And look at what he said. He told them to heal the sick that are there and say to them, the kingdom of God is come near unto you. Very important. Go there, guys. Heal the sick. He told them, you heal the sick. He gave them delegated authority to heal the sick. But then once, he tell, once they were healed, he said, and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near unto you. That's pretty cool. Healing, in other words, is part of the kingdom of God. All through the New Testament where the kingdom is preached, healing always results. You always see physical healing all the time. Healing, in other words, is a sign that the kingdom of God is come. The primary way if you look at Jesus' ministry, the primary way that people were healed in the ministry of Jesus, the primary way was they received healing through faith. That was, that's the primary way. Oh yeah, there were miracles. There was that too. But the primary way was they received according to their faith. They had to believe and they had to release their faith and act on their faith. They had to have corresponding action right? To the man with the withered hand, reach out your hand. Well, you can't, Jesus, my hands are withered. I can't reach it out. But when he made a decision to act where his ability ended, the power of God met it and his hand was made whole. 
Lepers were cleansed. The nobleman's son was healed. The woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. Oh man, people will just fight wars and tell you that healing's been done away with, but they'll never say faith has been done away with. So what do you do with that? Woman, your faith has made you whole. Just a thought. So now go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 and verse 20. I just want to kind of build this today. We're building a principle that you have to know. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. It says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, so, so you got all these Pharisees, these religious leaders coming up to him, demanding, Jesus, we're demanding that you tell us when the kingdom of God is going to come. They're waiting for Messiah. How blind are these religious leaders? Every Pharisee could quote the whole Old Testament. Every one of them. They devoted their whole life. And here these idiots are standing right, the Messiah, which they're believing that will come someday and set up his kingdom, is standing right in front of them and they're demanding, tell us when your kingdom's going to come. And I know the reason why Jesus answered that is for us. He said to them, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. This Greek word observation means the kingdom of God comes not with an outward show. Verse 21, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. And then he says this, for behold. And I got to tell you, Jesus is talking to us today, guys. He's saying, behold this, church. For behold, the kingdom of God, which includes healing, is within you. This is a big thing. The kingdom of God, which includes healing, is within you. It's, it's, how does it include healing? You could say this, the kingdom of God, which includes healing because of Jesus' redemptive work, is within you. For the believer, here's what I want you to see today if you leave with nothing else. Healing, physical healing, is from within. It comes from within you. So now turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 10, and we're going to go into verse 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. This is a huge scripture. Now, we're going to get in a lot of scriptures about healing, but this is a big one. This is a big one. It says, and if Christ be in you, well, how do you know if Christ is in you? Do you know in Romans chapter 8, if you keep going, it says in verse 16, the Spirit himself will always bear witness with you that you are a child of God. Romans, the book of Romans, defines what it means to be in Christ. And this is what it means. That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. If you are a Christian, if you are truly born again, if you've not only just believed that Jesus is God, but you actually acted on that belief, and now you've said, Jesus, you are my Lord, 
If you're born again, the Holy Spirit came and he lives within you and will be there forever. So you are in Christ and now he's saying, and if Christ be in you, so he's talking to a Christian, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. Your spirit is life. It's filled with the Zoe life of God because of righteousness. And then it says this, but if the spirit, the Holy Spirit, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, what's he going to do? What's he do? What does he, what does the Holy Spirit want to do on the inside of you? He that raised up Christ from the dead. Now think about this. The Holy Spirit of God literally raised Christ from the dead. Jesus' spirit went back into his physical body that was dead for three days. And the Holy Spirit quickened, made alive Jesus' mortal body. His body was dead. So every one of us sitting here today, I don't care if you got some sickness in your body right now, you're not in the state that Jesus was in. Right? If you were, you wouldn't be here today. So it says, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Man, you can draw from that. I wonder what would happen to your physical body if every time that you got in the Word of God, Father, I thank you that your Word is life to me because I'm finding it. It's health. It's medicine to all my flesh. Take your medicine. This has, this has some extreme side effects. It will bring a joy and a peace into your life, a strength into your life. It will bring dead things to life. It could make organs new. It's amazing. Take your medicine. And then I wonder if we walked around thanking God. Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, you're in me. And I thank you right now. You're quickening my mortal body. Well, what does that word quickening mean? That word, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I, you know, I was really hoping somebody would ask that question. That Greek word means to heal, to restore, and to make whole. To heal, to restore, and to make whole. What happens, what does it look like if a hip is restored and healed and made whole? Will you still limp in pain? No. What will happen if your blood sugar levels, because your body's not, not working right, or your pancreas maybe doesn't work at all, and you have like a type 1 diabetes, what happens if out of your spirit, the Holy Spirit quickens your pancreas, and he restores it, heals it, and makes it whole? to where it's automatically your systems start working properly. What if, what if after years of, of treating your body wrong, you go to the Lord and you're like, I repent of that, and now I just thank you, Father. I believe I received my healing. Heal my blood. 
healed the receptors on my cells so that they work properly, so I'm no longer insulin resistant. Now, do you have to pray like that? No. Because you might not know how it works. Here's the cool thing. Let's say you have a kidney that doesn't work. You don't have to even know how to spell the word kidney. You just got to know that the Holy Spirit's quickening it. Isn't that cool? So any problem you have here is amazing. So here's, this is a really deep statement. Okay, you guys ready for a deep, Pastor Tony theological deep? To be quickened from sickness and disease means you're healed. Isn't that deep? That is so deep, right? Wow. Everything within me is trying to pull me to Galatians 3, but I can't because we'll be here too long. See, most believers, I want to finish this thought and then we'll dismiss. We're, we're really coming down the road here. Most believers are looking for healing to come to them from the outside. And this causes them to always be fighting their flesh. Constantly looking at my body to see if I'm healed. Satan loves that because that's not where you look. That's not how you get healed. That's, how, that's not how you walk in faith. Your body is not to be what tells you that you're healed. The report is to tell you that you're healed. We're going to talk more about this. They think the war is between them and their flesh. Body, you come in line. Is that okay to say? Absolutely, but don't fight your flesh. Right? Body, I command you to come in line, for it is written. Father, I thank you. I'm healed. I thank you that I'm healed. See, a life of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. See, it's really interesting. In Ephesians 6, 12, we always use this about people and circumstances, but we don't really think of it in relation to healing, but this is very important for healing. Paul said this in Ephesians 6, 12. You don't have to turn there. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's who we're wrestling against. They're defeated. We're wrestling to stay in faith. We're wrestling to stay at rest. And we don't wrestle against our own body to obtain healing. See, some people look at their body as their enemy. Your body's not your enemy. The enemy's the enemy. Yeah, but my body, I'm so frustrated because it just doesn't work right. Don't be frustrated at that. It's the enemy that's causing that. And he has no right to do it because Jesus already paid for it. But if you don't believe it, you might sit there and go, well, I just don't believe it. Okay. Then, then you're done. Don't worry. You'll never walk in it. But I'm going to choose to believe the God of heaven. We recognize that the healing power of God, which is the Holy Spirit, dwells in us.